0: delighted to be with you the big question should followers of Jesus smoke pot ingest pot and in more and more states this is becoming legal now and there's some christians saying it's it's a good thing to do it can even help you get more in tune with god or help you to be more free in worship or just help you in general to relax should christians smoke or ingest pot this is michael brown yeah, I've I've got my strong viewpoints on this. Here's the number to call where you can weigh in with yours: eight six six three four truth eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four. I have not discussed this for quite some time, maybe a few years, really. I don't remember the last time we really got into a major discussion about this. Here and there, maybe a quick phone call, but I got an article sent to me. And it was about Pastor Craig Gross, who has led what's called Triple X Church. This is helping people deal with porn addiction and software and things to help them with it. So that hence the Triple X name. And he recently came out saying, listen, we're going to start a Christian cannabis company and, and it can be helpful and good. So we reached out to his folks and said, hey, would you come on the radio with me? We got a response back immediately saying if if we could have a respectful discussion and really air our differences as opposed to a heated debate, he'd do it. So I just want to let you know that they're willing on their side. We said absolutely on our side. So hopefully we can set that up soon. What's your take? Good idea, bad idea. Are we opening up the door to all kinds of foolishness and flesh and further addictions? Or is this potentially no different than maybe, uh, say in Europe, People commonly have a glass of wine or a glass of beer with a meal, and it has nothing to do with getting drunk, and it just takes the edge off a little bit, and it's positive. Is there any justification for it? Is there any scriptural justification for it? Is this part of the the leaves of the nation are giving for healing? And and look, we're not going to focus on medical use, all right? That's a whole other subject. You may say, no, 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 it's all one. Christians should never touch it. That's fine. I'm not arguing either way on that. All right. And I, I am not a proponent of the medical use of marijuana. However, I've not studied that in depth, but let, that's a separate subject here to make it really specific. We're talking about a state where it is legal to use marijuana for an adult. All right. So we're talking about a state where it's legal to do it. And the question is, should a believer do it for recreational purposes? not for medical purposes, but for recreational purposes. Does the Bible address this directly? What about your own life experience? What about wisdom? What about scriptural principles? What have we learned with alcohol use in the past? Can we parallel them? These are some of the questions that we want to explore. Uh, First, let me play this clip for you from the 1980s. I, I think you'll find this interesting and enjoyable. Look at this. Marijuana can mess you up. right? We've been getting high for what? Fifteen years? Nothing's ever happened. Did I get into all the drugs and start mugging people? Nah. Didn't do anything. In fact, I'd say I'm exactly the same as when I smoked my first joint.
1: Eddie, did you even look for a job today?
0: No, ma.
2: Marijuana can make nothing happen to
3: you, too.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, marijuana can easily make nothing happen. Uh, here, let me lay out some of my thinking. Number one, if you don't know my testimony, I was a heavy drug user from the ages of 14 to 16, so 1969 to 1971. Now, here's what's interesting. I was first offered pot by uh, someone close to me. Hey, you want to try getting high? And at that point, I, I, I was you know, raised on Long Island, good upbringing, my mom and dad, happily married. But I was in the whole rock scene. I'd seen Jimi Hendrix playing concerts the year before. I was playing drums in a rock band myself. Really interested in the whole rock scene. I knew the rock musicians, the stars got high. And I thought, well, man, God, I would like to do what they do. And then the fact that it was illegal and you're not supposed to do it, that taboo thing for a young person, like, ooh, maybe I want to touch it. So I smoked pot, but nothing happened to me. It had no effect on me. The person I was with thought it was really potent, but it had no effect on me. So sometime after that, I was with some other folks, and they were smoking hash, which is a, a similar but more potent. And they smoked hash, and I smoked hash, and nothing happened to me. And I thought, oh, what's going on here? Now, instead of quitting while I was ahead, I got more interested. Well, wh- how come I'm not getting high? It turns out my body just had a, a high resistance to drugs. So... I did, I did other drugs. I did ups. I got high with those. And downs. I got high with those. Then then LSD. I got high with that. And then found I had this really high resistance to drugs so I could take more drugs than your average person and even get further out in a high than your average person. That became part of my identity, this kind of crazy identity of, of doing more. Like some of you used to be heavy drinkers, or it's crazy that we would boast in that. It's crazy we thought we were cool. Because we could abuse our bodies more than the average person, but that was that was my state of mind then. So then started smoking pot, and that started to affect me. Then smoking hash, and that affected me. And then I went into other drugs. Started using speed, snorting speed. Then started shooting speed. Then started shooting heroin. Did every drug I could possibly do right before I came to faith. Used cocaine a few times, but the, the ones I did heavily were were. Speed and LSD and heroin. So shooting a needle in my arm many, many, many times. Dropping acid and these other drugs many, many times. And and then towards the end, kind of smoking pot morning, noon, and night, in addition to the other drugs. Now, thank God for His mercy and grace. Thank God for His forgiveness. Thank God for new life in the Spirit. But when I came to faith in 1971, I, I remember right before that, my best friend who had come to faith a little bit before me and had stopped getting high, we would always get on each other. We rank each other out with insults, you know, New York kids just having fun and, 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 and try to be more clever than the next. We were pretty sharp and, and caustic and quick. And I remember at one point that he had gotten clean. He was off drugs and we were kind of going at each other and I was in slow motion and I realized it. Oh, these were having more of an effect on me than I understood. And, and then when I got saved, w- what happened was God was really dealing with me about putting a needle in my arm. That was the big issue, putting a needle in my arm. I was more addicted to that than any particular drug. And, and December 17th of 1971, when God's joy flooded my soul and revealed his love to me, that's when I realized that I was living like a wretch. I was, I was living in an unacceptable, unclean way that, that here the Lord had sent his son to die for me, that mental picture I got, this mental vision I saw was that I was covered in filth and mud and, and the blood of Jesus just washed me clean from head to toe and put these beautiful new white robes on me. And and I was going out with those robes and I, and I was playing back in the mud. And right then and there, I said, Lord, I will never put a needle in my arm again. And from that moment on was gloriously free. Praise God. From that moment on was gloriously free. Two days after that, I was with some friends smoking hash and I got high with them. And as I was going home on the bus to my house, I was too young to be driving then, I got convicted. Uh, no, I shouldn't be doing this. not just putting a needle in my arm, getting high. And I said, Lord, I'll never get high again. And by his grace, I was, I was free from that point on. To be perfectly honest with you, as someone who was a heavy drug user, casual and heavy, it's just part of my life. I can't see any reason why a believer would even play a game with this. Why a believer would even think twice about it. Why a believer would even be open to the possibility that maybe if your state has legalized pot that it's okay now. Plus, from everything I've read and been told, pot today is not like the pot I smoked almost 50 years ago. Pot today is much, much, much more potent and therefore the effects of it can be much more intense. And here's my big question. If we are called to be sober and vigilant, right? That's our lifestyle. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober and vigilant, for your adversary the devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Can I be sober and vigilant and getting high at the same time? Can I be sober and vigilant and getting stoned at the same time? You say, don't you ever relax? Yeah, I, I relax yeah I'm, I'm going to sleep at night, you know, maybe just reading the book till, the ebook till I'm too tired, close my eyes, fall asleep. yeah the goal then is to fall asleep, right, or you know maybe i'm I'm at the airport, my flight's been delayed two hours, I've been flying day and night for for a week and a half, kind of achy and and they got one of those you know massage things, and you just sit down in that chair and they dig in I'm just going to close my eyes and relax no at, at that moment. At that moment, as I'm sitting there in that chair, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to just relax, close my eyes. And just, if I fall asleep, I fall asleep. Great. That, that's the goal. But I am not incorporating that into my life as, okay, every day in the midst of my life activities or before I read the word or worship or in my interaction with people, I'm trying to put some drug in my system to help me relax. Of course not. Obviously not. So what's the goal of smoking pot? What's the goal of ingesting pot in the many ways it's available today? Is it to get you in a certain relaxed state? Is it to get you high? Is it to alter your consciousness on one level or another? It's a conscious altering drug. Oh, Oh, I listen in my drug days. I received amazing revelations. In fact, in fact, when I was high one time, I believe using hallucinogenic drugs and then on top of that huffed diesel gas. Oh, yeah. Wonderful life. I was living huffed diesel gas. I discovered the secret of the universe. That's right. I discovered the secret of all motion, the secret of the universe while high on mescaline. I think it was and huffing diesel gas. Yeah, it was crazy. Is idiotic, demonic junk messing with my brain, or just the drugs messing with my brain with the most stupid, idiotic possible thoughts? But oh, they are a revelation. I remember one night while using LSD, I uh, just using dots, taking a pen and using dots. I drew the most. Ama- I was not a good artist, never was, and am not. The most amazing scene of people on a ski slope, just dot figures, people on a ski slope. I mean, it was. I could not believe that I drew that. The next day off LSD, it's like, oh, not so amazing. Yeah, I, I once saw the Lord while well, high on LSD after my friends had been sharing the gospel with me. Actually, high on mescaline. I did enough for 30 people. And yeah, I was, oh yeah, I saw the Lord. Right. Friends, this stuff messes with your brain. I wouldn't touch it. But we'll get your opinion. i got a lot to say today. I want to hear from you. 866-34-TRUTH.
3: It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. became sort of a hero of the hippie culture, I guess, when I said I think we ought to decriminalize the
0: possession of uh, of marijuana. I, I, I just think it's shocking how many of these young people wind up in prison and they get turned into hardcore criminals because they have had
3: possession of a very small amount of, uh, uh, of a controlled substance. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. It's time we stop locking up people for possession of marijuana.
0: All right, that was uh, Pat Robertson. Some years back, not even discussing the question of legalization, although you're free to call in and discuss that with me. 866 34 Truth. I'm going to go to the phones momentarily, but I'm not even focusing on that. I'm focusing on if it is legal in your state, because if it's not, you've got no business touching it as a follower of Jesus. But if it is legal, then is it okay? Is it good? Is it wise? Is it edifying? Is it beneficial for a follower of Jesus to smoke pot or ingest pot? Now, one other consideration before we get into this more deeply, in terms of my own upbringing, my dad was very liberal. He was a liberal Democrat. And, you know, my first Oregon teacher, I've often mentioned this when I was seven years old, my sister a few years older than me. The first organ teacher that came to our house on a weekly basis and taught us was openly gay. And, and he would, Russell was his name, and he would come with his, his partner, Ed. Ed was a beautician, and they'd often stay for dinner. Uh, I, so I grew up in that environment. And, and then my next organ teacher, interestingly enough, and I'm not contrasting, comparing skin color to, to sexual desire and romantic attraction, but my next organ teacher was a black man married to a white woman. And they lost lots of friends over that. Even in New York, which was more liberal, they lost lots of friends over that family members turned against them. And my dad said, you know, how can that be wrong? And, and so I grew up in that environment. And then when I started getting high, my dad said to me, listen, one day this is going to be legal. He was a senior law assistant, senior lawyer. So the assistant to the Supreme Court justice, a senior lawyer in the New York Supreme Court. And he told me it's going to be legal at some point. So if you're going to smoke pot, do it at home. This was my dad, all right, in the late 1960s, early 1970s. So that's the environment that I grew up in. But towards the end, he was looking at me, he said, you become a pothead. He, he could see I was smoking pot all the time, and, and it was affecting me. He could see that. You said, well, that's not, listen, I've just smoked like one joint for the last, once a day for 30 years and nothing more than that, and, and I've had people call and say it's part of their lives and how dare I condemn them. I'm not condemning. I'm telling you, I wouldn't touch it. I don't recommend you touch it. And now we're going to discuss it. Uh, I had a headline that uh, uh, a news article, Governor Pritzker expected to sign bill into law Tuesday that would legalize marijuana in Illinois on January 1st. Well, that's, that's happened now. He has now signed the bill into law. And uh, why, what, what is motivating States to do this? Have they really done the necessary studies? Have they really looked at the impact and how much this is going to be more available to young people? Have they really looked at the effect that this is going to have overall in the society? And and what about driving while intoxicated, well now driving while high? Is that going to create more of a problem? Is it going to be more of a problem with with youth suicide or depression or violence or addictions or anything like this? Or will will pot open the door to other drugs? Will it still be the gateway drug? Are they considering all this or they just think it's going to bring us money, money, money. It's got to be 99% of the reason money. Put it, put aside the issue of someone gets arrested for minimal possession and now they end up with a, with a bad record. They go to jail. Let's even put that aside. What has to be the great motivation here in these States is income. It is money making The question for a believer, is it good? Is it right? Phone lines are jammed. Let me go straight to the phones now. We'll start in Kentucky with Bart. Welcome to the line of fire. All right, Bart's gone. Looks like Bart is gone. Let us go instead to Justin in Rhode Island. Welcome to the line of fire.
4: Thank you. Um, I don't like how the media is controlling saying that marijuana is good or any of that.
0: Well, why why do you think it's not good? Obviously, I agree with you, but why do you think it's not good?
4: Because marijuana can affect people's minds and can either land them either dead or possibly in jail. Mm. I fear this generation. And I also fear... Um, I have a question.
0: Go ahead. You know what? I wonder if that guy uh, himself is uh, getting a little bit too high there. You know what's interesting? Uh, and Father, I just pray for this guy that you'll get him set right and bring him to repentance and salvation. Uh, you know what's interesting? We don't get a lot of abusive callers where we have, to, we have to edit things out and things like that. You know, we have a delay before something's actually played. But we don't get a lot of abusive callers for all the people that weigh in in the nastiest, ugliest, most profane, sicko ways online. Very few of them actually call 866-348-7884. Uh let's go to Tim in Illinois. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
2: Hey, good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon, Tim. Go um, ahead.
2: I I uh I I quit smoking weed 2 years ago. In July, I got a job as a truck driver. Um I had smoked from like 13 until then, off and on i quit I quit for two years and started a food ministry in Nevada and my wife and i we, we kind of recommitted our lives to the lord and and uh, moved up there and uh, quit and uh, about a year into it, she had had like multiple back surgeries and was on opioids and um, yeah it's rough it, it was bad she was sleeping a lot man, and uh, we went down to visit some friends and they all smoked pot back from our old life and and um uh, she asked if she could try it and i said you know go ahead and she smoked some and and um she felt really good and like we noticed at the end of the day like she hadn't taken her her pain meds in like four hours and um we didn't do it after that we went back home and we just kind of prayed on it and and eventually you know i just i I couldn't stand what the pills were doing to her, and right. that led me down a two-year journey of her just really completely detoxing from opioids. And now she doesn't take any pain meds. The only thing she does do is marijuana. And um, I, I have to say, for me, having quit again after going back into it for like two years while she was taking it for a back, I thought, well, you know, it's 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 good and there's nothing wrong with it and you know I'll just smoke it but, but the truck driving man uh, my mind is clearer uh, i can't deny that my memory is better you know um uh, wanting to be in ministry um i i i'm i've done a lot of soul searching the last year and i know that you know we are called to be a sober mind i would argue partially that if you are a regular user of marijuana you don't actually ever really become drunk. Um, I think it's like a situational thing where, like, you know, if you have a five, you know, ten beers and something blows upside your house, you could be so drunk that you won't react at all. But you can smoke enough weed and have something explode out your house and you're, like, you're sober. It's just I, – I can't explain it. The, the adrenaline just – overrides it, and the next thing
0: you know... Yeah, well, I mean, look, adrenaline can also override someone's pain. Adrenaline can... You know, you know what I'm saying? You get a guy in a fight, yeah. and his face is all bloodied up, and he's not even aware because of the adrenaline flowing. And the other thing is, though, that you don't know how much sharper, how much clearer, how much more alert you would be without the, the influence of, of the drugs And and listen, I'm sorry to hear about your wife's condition. And we pray for complete healing and then freedom from not just the opioids. I'm glad she got detoxed from that, but from, from marijuana as well. But what I'd encourage you to do is keep pressing into the Lord, keeping the word before you. Uh, Look, I know personally changing my, my diet, getting off all the sweets, the, the sugars, the, the chocolate, all the breads, the pizza, the pasta, my mind is much sharper today at the age of 64, much sharper and clearer than it was at the age of 59. So this stuff does affect you. And I'm always praying, Lord, I want to be the sharpest, the clearest, the very best I can to honor you. And now as a truck driver, you it's not just your own life, but you get in the truck accident, there'd be a whole lot of other yeah, casualties. No. So, so all the, I all the more, all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what I I'm saying. Poke.
2: I actually haven't even drank and, and, um, and over a year. So, I mean, I really gave it all up and I, I'm, I, I, I definitely, I see now that probably you're better off without it. I mean, honestly, if you don't, if you, you don't need to in your life um, just, you know, I mean, you could, there's a lot of Christians out there who make an excuse for why they have a couple of drinks in the, in the afternoon. And I know many of them probably catch a light buzz, you know, and,
0: yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, Tim. Yeah. Just, just to say that, are you better for it or worse for it? I, I have no question before God that a regular pot smoking Christian compared to someone who doesn't, that, that's, that pot smoker is worse for it. That, that's one thing. And the other thing is, yeah. Are you going to get a little bit of a buzz or just stay slightly dull? What, what impact or effect is it going to have? And if you think, no, no, it just kind of like relaxes me and loosens me up. Yeah, it loosens you up for the flesh. It loosens you up for all kinds of things. That's not healthy. That's not good. That's not right. And, and even, even the people that have a you know, few drinks, is it an addiction? Has it become a habit? Why enslave yourself with something? Are you getting a little buzz? Getting a little high? Becoming emotionally dependent on this? Does it lead to more drinking? Does it lead to just focusing on alcohol for a minute? Does it lead to harder types of alcohol? I mean these are these are common issues, common problems in a very flesh-addicted society today. Be sober, be vigilant. I'll tell you, being filled with the spirit, knowing Jesus, who needs the other stuff. We'll be right back.
3: it's the line of fire with your host dr michael brown get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH here again is dr michael brown
0: Uh, New states that are considering marijuana for adult use. I'm not wearing a Bob Marley t-shirt. I do not have dreadlocks in my hair. I'm business, and I've taken a very, very calculated approach in which to build my business, to position it, to be at the apex. And I don't apologize for that. Yep, yep, build your business, make your money, and destroy lives in the process That's what states are doing is they are legalizing marijuana. This is Michael Brown, 866-348-7884. Is it right? Okay, good, beneficial for a follower of Jesus to smoke pot. We're not talking about a medical prescription. Now, I'm I'm not saying I'm in favor of it for medical purposes, but I I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on the question of recreational use. Someone just choosing to use it for whatever reason. Yeah, I know that there's all kinds of abuse with the medical use. I know that you can get medical marijuana just to get high, and I understand that. But I, I want to focus on the question of whether this is good, beneficial, helpful for followers of Jesus. I asked the question on Twitter, if cannabis use is legal where you live, is it okay for you as a Christian to smoke or just pot in moderation? I said, we're not discussing medical use here, only recreational use. 11% said yes. I'm glad the number was so low. 68% said no. Glad well, that number was that high. Could have been higher. 11% said it's a personal choice. 10% said don't know. Now I understand, some would say, look, this is no different than alcohol. Getting drunk is a sin, but alcohol in moderation for most people is not a sin. Obviously, for some people, it is a sin. It'd be a sin for me. But I'm not saying it's a sin for anyone to have alcohol in moderation. But certainly, drunkenness is always a sin. So wouldn't it be the same with getting high? Well, if you're not really high, it's just marijuana takes the edge off or whatever. Why isn't that okay? And, and, and friends, listen, I oppose it, Periods. So you know my viewpoint. If you didn't read my article on it, go to askdrbrown.org and read my article, Why Christians Should Not Smoke Pot, which I submit to you to pray about to consider scripturally, and then to act on accordingly. But let me ask you this. If you had to perform, say you were a surgeon, and you had to be at your very sharpest, your very best, would it do you good to get high first, or would it do you good to not be high? If you were going to uh, intense spiritual warfare, Really, you know, someone is demonized and you're going to have to pray for them to be set free. Would it be better to go on high or not high? Or if you're struggling, say, with porn addiction and temptation to watch porn or download porn, would you be able to better resist if you were high, if you were straight? There's some questions for you. I'm going to go to the call, the phones momentarily. There's an article from Alex Berenson, January 2019, uh, on Imprimus from Hillsdale College. He wrote the book, Tell Your Children The Truth About Marijuana, Mental Illness, and Violence. It's a best selling and controversial book because he tells a lot of stuff people do not want to hear. Um, he, he mentions this. Um, let's just scroll down a little. He says, Until recently, my wife, Jackie, Dr. Jacqueline Berenson, was a senior psychiatrist at the Mid Hudson Forensic Psychiatric Institute. Um, And and he says this, many of MidHudson's 300 patients are killers and arsonists. At least one is a cannibal. Most have been diagnosed with psychotic disorders like schizophrenia that provoke them to violence against family members or strangers. A couple of years ago, Jackie was telling me about a patient in passing. She said something like, of course, he'd been smoking pot his whole life. Of course, I said, yes, they all smoke, she said. So marijuana causes schizophrenia? I was surprised, to say the least, I tended to be a libertarian on drugs. Years before I'd covered the pharmaceutical industry for the New York Times, I was aware of the claims about marijuana as medicine, and I'd watched the slow spread of legalized cannabis without much interest. Jackie would have been within her rights to say, I know what I'm talking about, unlike you. Instead, she offered something neutral like, I think that's what the big studies say, you should read them. So I did, he says. The big studies, the little ones, and all the rest. I read everything I could find. I talked to every psychiatrist and brain scientist who would talk to me. And I soon realized that in all my years as a journalist, I had never seen a story where the gap between insider and outsider knowledge was so great or the stakes so high. I began to wonder why with the stocks of cannabis companies soaring and politicians promoting legalization as a low risk way to raise tax revenue and reduce crime. I had never heard the truth about marijuana, mental illness and violence. It's a scary article and it's a summary of a scary book. To me, it's mind-boggling that any Christians would promote this, would encourage it, would say it's good, it's beneficial, it's positive. In my article, I take issue with Pastor Craig Gross, who has helped Christians fight against porn for years, and now supports Christian use of cannabis. We reached out to him about coming on the, the show. His team wrote back to us immediately and said, if we can have a, Civil respectful discussion, as opposed to heated debate he would do it, so to his credit, uh, that's what he said, and of course that that will be my spirit and attitude. Disagree strongly, but we'll have a civil discussion about it. what's your take? Eight, six, six, three, four truth. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bart, we missed your call earlier in Kentucky. Glad you made it back on. Welcome to the line of fire. Hey.
4: Doc- Thanks for having me, Dr. Brown. I am a longtime fan of yours. I uh, called in your radio show a few times in my late teens.
0: Looks like we just lost... Whoa, okay. I think we lost our entire connection here. Hello, hello. Is anybody here? All right, well, uh, we are apparently still broadcasting on YouTube and Facebook, but we may have lost our radio audience. It looks like the system in our studio has gone out. Let, let me explain. We have two studios. We have the studio here with Kai, Matt, my team. Uh, we're interacting in one studio, all of our lights and camera equipment and audio equipment and all of that. And, and then, then we have another studio in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, the show goes out from there onto radio and satellite and to other uh, reverent broadcasts that 's where the calls are taken, so it looks like everything just went down. our phones dropped so sorry for any confusion there and I hope we can get everybody back on my my real apologies uh, all the phone lines were jammed, so my my apologies there uh, Kars on YouTube said. Uh, we're at, uh, nobody cares about radio anymore. Actually, a lot of folks listen on radio. You'd be amazed how many people listen on radio. Uh, for the most part, if I catch a talk radio, it's on radio. In other words, every so often, I might listen on a podcast while I'm exercising. But otherwise, I still catch it on radio. You'd be amazed how big radio still is. But absolutely, Internet is the future, and we are right there in the future. But uh, let me share a few constructive thoughts here, all right? Let me share a few constructive thoughts. I am not God telling you what you can and can't do, all right? I'm simply, as a shepherd, as a teacher, as a leader, as a watchman, giving input, sharing conviction out of love, out of concern. That's that's my only issue here, right? It's not like I have a competing product, and I don't want you to use that product because I'm trying to sell you a different product. It's not because I have 10 books that I want to sell you on why pot is dangerous. So I'm trying to get you to buy my books. Okay. And, and I don't write books anyway, because I want you to buy them. I write the books because I have an important message that I'm burning to get to you. So you buy the book to get the message. All right. But I have no ulterior motive here. I, I'm not involved politically with anyone on this. N- none at all. I don't work with the medical profession on this. I have I've no ulterior motive. I have no axe to grind. And I'm not here to judge or condemn, especially as we heard from one caller with his wife and agonizing back pain and and addicted to opioids and then gets free from those and and, and now just uses marijuana for the pain. I'm not here to condemn her or say she's therefore going to hell because of that. But I want to say plainly, there is no biblical justification for it. You say justification, yeah, yeah. In other words, some have tried to argue that the incense that was used in biblical times, and the tabernacle in the temple would be similar to cannabis. Forget about it. They were not getting high. Like, hey man, let's go in the holy of holies and meet the big dude that shows up every. No, no, no. They they weren't. They were not doing that. In fact, they were not allowed to drink before they went to the holy place. They were not allowed to drink at all. Look at Leviticus 16, and that could well be what happened to Nadav and Avihu. Some speculation that they were drinking wine and they got a little tipsy, and they, well, they got so caught up with what was happening, they then went, did something unlawful, and they got burned, burned up by God because of it. All right, so we want to be really careful there about misusing Scripture. is not cannabis, and, you know, it comes from a Hebrew, forget it, forget it, there's no justification. Well, it says in the book of Ezekiel, and in Revelation, that the, the, the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Oh, okay, that's not telling you to smoke pot. There are plenty of leaves that are poisonous. You're telling me that every leaf is for healing of the nations? There are, there are leaves that are poisonous. If you eat those leaves, you will die. There are leaves animals. know. don't touch those leaves because they're poisonous. <clears throat> Please, find better scriptures to use. Now, you might say, hey, the Bible doesn't address it directly, and, and this is between me and the Lord. Well, you work it out between you and God. I just want to encourage you to, to work it out in, in the most sober possible way. 866-34-TRUTH. All right, uh, let's go over to Paul. Sorry, I don't have your location because we lost all of our phone lines just trying to get everybody on quick. Where are you calling from, sir? Sure,
4: thanks. I'm calling Utah. I'm
0: you. Yeah, go in ahead. Utah. What's up?
4: How are you? Great. I was calling. I am... Uh, I have some pretty strong feelings about this, and I'm actually um, probably biased in one way. I, um, have been in recovery for 22 years, mm. and my drug choice primarily was marijuana during that time. And, uh, but I, I, I have a couple feelings about it. Number one, I'm grateful for it because it led me to God, and I made it into 12-step recovery where they said, you have to have a, um uh, spirituality, and, and it really did change my life. Um, and then I look at uh, my brother who lives in a state that allows for um, legal use marijuana. And he basically runs in a liberal circle and, and is basically uh, agnostic um, because he's never really, I think, a rock bottom had the same type of
2: experience.
0: Hey, hey Paul, let me so, just yeah. jump in. Yeah, let me just jump in. We've got a break here. But... Look at it like this. Satan meant it for evil. God redeemed it for good. But it's better to wake up before you hit rock bottom. That's the better course. Hey, thanks for weighing in, man. Appreciate it.
3: It's the Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us on the line of fire. 866-34-TRUTH. Look, I,
0: I heard from a friend about a baby that was having seizures. Serious medical issues was having seizures. And when the baby was medicated with pot that and whatever the tiny amount was, that the seizures stopped. So I'm, I'm not here making absolute dogmatic pronouncements about all instances of the use of medical marijuana, although my general posture is that it leads to abuse and there are other problems. But I understand someone's going to raise a case like that, but we're not focused on that. We're focused on recreational use of pot. I started getting, I wasn't even realizing what it was because it was abbreviated cannabis, something, something. And I started seeing all in in my junk box, like all this, what? And realized this is now the big thing. Now just get the pot here, this, that, the other thing. And, and friends, I want to stand here up front and say wrong path. You're opening the wrong door. You are not going to enhance your spiritual life. You're not going to get sharper mentally. You're not going to get more sober spiritually. You are not going to alter your mind in a right way. You're going to end up leaning on something that becomes a, an unnecessary habit in your life. There's much more, when, when things get legalized in a state, there's much more access than for kids to have this more and more concerns coming up because of this. I mean, I've been reading some shocking articles with some horrific stats. And all these, all these studies should have been done first. They should have been done first before states just rushed to, legalized things. There was not adequate preparation, but, oh, the lure of making money. Come on. Who can resist that? As popular, a lot of people. By the way, it's no surprise to me that the Democratic Party that is so militantly pro-abortion, that is so militantly pro-homosexual activist, that is getting weaker and weaker on Israel, is also becoming increasingly positive on, yeah, just legalize marijuana everywhere. Is it a surprise? No, not to me. And we shall see for how many people this is the new gateway drug. 866-34-TRUTH. In part. I know you called once, call was dropped somehow, got back on, and then the whole phone system went down. So uh, uh appreciate you trying to call, and we'll connect another day if, if we don't get you today. Um 34 truth Before I go to the phones, let's um, check out clip number four about an ad to to appear on TV about pot. Let's take a look.
2: You lead an adventurous life, always finding new ways to relax. Now enjoy the best effects and control with Neos Portable Vape Pen and recreate discreetly this summer. Neos, recreate responsibly.
0: Yeah, that ad was actually pulled from a U.S. TV station, but expected to be coming your way. Eight six six three four truth. Let's go to Jennifer in Tennessee. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
5: Hi, Doctor Brown. I'm a big fan. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Awesome. Um, I just had a, a, a really quick story. Um, I'm not advocating for, for for anything necessarily. I just um, you you kind of went through the gamut on um, on. Uh, you know, when it does help people like the babies with seizures and whatnot. And I was pretty much like you, did a, did a little bit in, well, I did a little bit in high school and didn't didn't touch it for 20 years. Got it. Um, I, I started going through the change of life, and they gave me uh, Ambien so that I could help, I, it would help me sleep through the night. And um, I had some running blackouts on that. Um, I don't think that the, the prescription drugs are, 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 any better <laughs> but
0: um, I'll tell you you, you read some done. of the warnings yikes you know oh, this yeah. could lead to this mean you're taking the thing because you're depressed and it says if you take it it might lead to suicide I mean I, I appreciate what medical right. science is trying to do and some people do get help but yes side effects yeah. can be all kinds of problematic okay so to the pot part yeah. of it
5: so um I actually in my late 40s now have started using it to go to sleep and it has it, it has helped tremendously. I don't think that, that children should be anywhere near it just like they shouldn't be anywhere near ambience, you know. I was given that for a reason. But there's there's been no side effects. Um I wake up and don't immediately think about my problems or um it's just it's it's been a real problem solver. Uh like I agree with everything that you said. I've listened mm-hmm. to most of this podcast and Got it. um I just wish that there was a way where you know it wasn't abused. You know that it, it was.
0: Yeah. Well, that listen. Any, anything stuff, could be used. Virtually anything in this world, be it food, be it sex, be it true. anything, is can, can be used properly or can be abused. Let me let me just throw this out to you, Jennifer, to consider. Uh, uh, and and I want to get to a bunch of other calls if possible. So forgive me for just throwing this out and and not interacting further. But have you considered maybe a spiritual means to help of maybe you've done it, maybe not, but putting on worship music, meditating on scripture, reading the word, something that's edifying before you fall asleep. Perhaps that could accomplish the same goals. Uh, Take hold of Psalm 127 and just pray over it every night that God gives his beloved sleep. Uh, Something to think about. All right. And thank you, Jennifer, for, we're calling and being open, I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Let us go to Rain in Montana. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
1: Hey, Doctor Brown. Hey, I'd like to share my personal experience with marijuana. Yeah, uh, I was uh, born in 1970. My name is Rain. Um, how'd you, how'd you get Hilly the name?
0: And, and, you, all right, that explains yeah. it. Your mom was a hippie. <laughs> that's why your name is Rain. Okay, got it. All yeah, clear.
1: Absolutely. I grew up in that culture, you know. Um, my mom believed that um, marijuana was a natural thing; it der- derived from the earth, and it was okay to the point. Yeah, that they that's started different than like it the me when I was seven.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, what they used to say. That's na- That's natural. That's cool. It's different than you know the yes. the pharmaceutical drugs and stuff. So yeah, just be going back to Mother to Earth kind of all thing. The
1: time. Exactly. I used to hear it all the time. Well, at least it's not this. At least Uh it's not cocaine. At least it's not acid. Yeah. Well, at seven years old, I started smoking it with my parents. And, um, you know, the spirit of torment came into my life. I was 12 years old the first time I tried to take my life. Mm. There were many, many more years um, and instances of attempts on my life after that. And By the time I was 35, the government actually declared me a complete and total disabled person. I was on social security disability, and they confessed I would never work or function in society again. Well, let me tell you what. Two years ago, I moved out of the state of Oregon, away from marijuana and everything else, and into Montana, and I have been completely healed by his word and spirit. My mind is free of torment. I am off of disability. I am working a job, and I want to tell you what, to open the door to marijuana in my life right now would bring back in all of that torment, the mental illness, everything. I know that I know that I know that marijuana, for me, was a gateway into the demonic um, influences, and I just give God all the praise and glory, because... He can deliver you from anything and open your eyes to see the truth about anything. And he has set me free. And I tell you what, marijuana is not okay.
0: <laughs> what, what a remarkable story. Thank God for his grace. The moment you called your voice is so, so clear. You sounded so alive and, and, and healthy when, when, you called. I mean, this first thing I thought, wow, she sounds very alive and clear and to think of, of what you were just a couple years ago. That is the grace and goodness yes. of God. And, and friends, let's realize that the more there's access to marijuana, the more it becomes socially okay, the more kids are going to end up using it. It's, it's just a, a reality. Rain, what a story. Uh, I give God the glory with you, and I'm so thankful for your testimony. Uh, let, let that be a cautionary tale. Yes, exaggerate it. started at the age of seven, but it shows you where things go. It shows you the kind of bad fruit that comes from this bad root. Thank you so much for calling and sharing Amen. that. God, God is amazing, isn't he?
1: God is good. God is good. God bless you.
0: God bless. Thank you. Boy, you hear some real joy in her voice, don't you? All right, let me grab another call or two. Uh, we go over to California. Luke, welcome to the line of fire. How
6: you doing, Mr. Brown? Good to talk to you. Thank you. If I may uh, share just a very, very short story, followed by a question. Um, I had a... Brother in Christ, very zeal for uh, Christ into apologetics, and I haven't spoken to him for a while. And he was, I guess, going through things. And uh, I checked up on him a few months later when I was back in town. And uh, that day, he kept looking out of nowhere to his left, to his right. And it was only too later I found out that uh, he was going through a tough time. And, and uh, that day, he smoked uh, marijuana. And uh, my question is, um, uh, you kind of touched up on it already. But what are some of the ramifications? negatively uh um, he he uses the verse uh mark uh, chapter 7 to say hey it's not what enters a man that like a thousand but what comes out and i believe he's taking it out of context and yes the bible does remind us in second timothy to be clean that way we can be useful yeah but maybe if you can give another example yeah let, let, let me let
0: you. me uh jump in real quick luke thank you for the call and for that illustration um, I'm, I'm looking at a YouTube chat and people claiming that the Hebrew "kane bosom" that's speaking of cannabis. Forget it; it's nonsense, complete nonsense. Reject it. I've got a whole article about that on Brown.org, But Luke, in short, Jesus is talking about food, not something that affects your brain, not something that affects your your heart. For example, drunkenness is sin. How do you get drunk? You take it in. All right. So ask him: Is drunkenness sin according to the Bible? He'll surely have to say yes. All right. Is it the Bible says don't get drunk on wine? How do you take wine? You take it in. So when Jesus says not what enters that defiles, but what comes out. Talking about not food, but what comes out of your heart, your mind. This is mind altering. May God bring him to repentance and heal whatever wounds are in his life. Out of time. God bless.